the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. This is CNN Breaking News. Hello, I'm Wolf Blitzer in Washington. We want to welcome our viewers in the United States and around the world. We're getting new details on the breaking news, moment-by-moment developments in what will go down as the worst mass shooting in American history. At least 50 people are dead. At least 53 people are injured after a gunman opened fire at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida at approximately 2 a.m. Eastern. Police and the FBI are investigating this massacre as a possible act of terrorism. The gunman has been identified as Omar Siddiqui Mateen. He's 29 years old. And just into CNN, the shooter who committed this horrific act was, in fact, on the FBI's, FBI's radar. He was suspected of being an ISIS sympathizer, but officials say they had no indication he was plotting to carry out an attack. We are told President Obama has been fully briefed on the shooting. He will make remarks. He will address the nation in about a half an hour from now. We will, of course, go to the White House for live coverage of that. Meanwhile, the gunman was killed in a shootout with police. Uh, and as ATF agents continue to sweep the nightclub, even right now, for any possible explosive devices, officials just confirmed his body was found with a handgun and an automatic rifle. Well, um, welcome, everybody, to uh, Let Us Reason uh, on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and this is obviously a, um, a, an unusual way to introduce you to today's show. But uh, in light of what happened exactly a week ago, uh, uh, late uh, Saturday last week in Orlando, um, uh, I'm, of course, referring to the uh, terror attack at the... Uh, uh, gay nightclub uh, known as uh, uh, Pulse. Um, and uh, today I thought maybe it will be appropriate uh, to uh, talk about the relationship between Islam and uh, homosexuality in general. In other words, the, uh, what does Islam uh, uh, teach on that and what is its view on uh, homosexuality? And uh, most likely we'll do uh, another part uh, probably in a week or two from now since it's uh, not a, an easy topic and, and a very deep topic. But um, I'm going to do my best to try to uh, paint a picture for you first about Islam and its teaching, and we'll try to weave into the connection as possible with this particular act. In other words, um, uh, why someone uh, who uh, pledge an allegiance to ISIS, the Islamic State, will do such a thing, 
especially that uh, report's been uh, popping up lately in the last few days that he himself has been scouting that nightclub before. Uh, maybe even he was on um, uh, social media or sites um, uh, uh, and chat rooms uh, with other gay men. Um, is it possible that he was living a double life? Uh, is it possible that he uh, felt convicted uh, as he became radicalized and wanted to cleanse um, uh, this uh, supposed uh, act uh, that he maybe was engaged in? Uh, is it one of those things that Islam focuses on work? So he felt like uh, doing something like this um, will remove uh, any uh, blemishes, if you wish, uh, from his uh, uh, sin basket and uh, redeem himself that way. Uh, who knows? Um, and it could be just an act of so-called taqiyah, that uh, he pretended to be something just for the purpose of learning more and more about what was going on and what's the best location, especially the fact that uh, supposedly he also scouted um, another location. This time it was Disney and the gay bride uh, that was taking place at some point, uh, uh, almost, I guess, over a year ago or so. Um, only, uh, you know, nobody knows, only God knows what was going on. But uh, my focus here is, first, what does Islam teach on homosexuality? Well, I can tell you that, uh, obviously, the primary sources of Islam that any Muslim, uh, whether an individual or an Islamic scholar or Sharia law court judge would revert back to, would be the two primary sources, the Quran, the Word of Allah, and the Hadith, the sayings of the Prophet of Islam. And uh, there are at least under the Sunni tradition, there are four schools of interpretation, Sharia law, and there is one primary one under the uh, Shia branch. So Saudi, for instance, uh, represents the, um, uh, the, the, uh, the hard-line school of interpretation uh, known as uh, Hanbali, um, also uh, after which, uh, of course, uh, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, uh, that is known for the Wahhabi movement, um, was inspired. This is why uh, it's very strict interpretation when it comes to Sharia law in areas like Saudi, for instance. Uh, Iran, on the other hand, uh, follows a school called Jafariya, uh, basically, or Jafari school, which also uh, is very strict in its, in, uh, on, uh, its own interpretation. But in general, when the Quran talks about homosexuality, it uses a specific phrase, and that refers to the people of Lot. Lot, of course, is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot is, uh, according to the Bible, he is the uh, related to Abraham. And uh, Islam considered Lot to be a prophet. Uh, so in the Quran, actually, it refers to the homosexual act as the act of the people of Lot. In fact, it doesn't talk about it in the positive. Usually it talks about it in the negative. And the story of Lot and what happened to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and their destruction is mentioned or referenced at least seven different times in the Quran. And in fact, uh, the act itself is uh, uh, referred to as liwat from the word lot. And uh, the person who is uh, engaged in it called luti, which means also in reference to lot. So I can tell you uh, very simply. Islam does not have high views of homosexual act. However, how does Islam treat it? Uh, there are so many opinions out there. Some, uh, in fact, seven countries to be exact, carry the death penalty as a punishment. Others, uh, they consider it to be uh, basically a, ca a capital um, offense. 
some will have jail time, some will have uh, fine. Um, others uh, they consider to be legal, but uh, the uh, uh, same-sex marriage is still illegal. And others consider to be a legal act between women, but it's not legal between men, and so on and so forth. But really, if you trace it back to the uh, days also of the Ottoman Empire, and even before during the Abbasid uh, Empire, there's so many stories of uh, uh, caliphs and leaders who were engaged in this act. And Islam in general, I can tell you, based on uh, some of the teachings and interpretation, it is safe to say that the Quran and Sharia in general allows for the fact that if this behavior was done in secrecy and there were no eyewitness account to it or wasn't even promoted publicly, uh, that uh, you know no punishment can be carried out simply because you don't have corroborating um, evidence. But if it is caught in public by four eyewitness account or it's being promoted openly, then it is a punishable offense or a could be um, a death penalty or a jail time or whatever. So this is pretty much the spirit of the law, uh, if you wish. For instance, let's look at one of the passages in the Quran, in chapter 7 of the Quran, verse 80 to 84. It's what it says. And we sent Lot when he said to his people, What do you commit an act of decency which anyone in the world hasn't done before you? Most surely... You come to males in lust besides females. Nay, you are an extravagant people. And the answer of this of his people was no other than that they said, Turn them out of your town. So they're talking about the angels that appear to Lot. Surely they are a people who seek to purify. So we delivered him and his followers. We delivered Lot and his followers except his wife. According to the biblical story, his followers were his family, immediate family, daughters, and son-in-laws, basically. And the wife turned and looked at the destruction and became a pillar of salt. In Islam, uh, supposedly she remained behind. And she was of those who remained behind, and we rained upon them a rain. That's in reference to the uh, uh, the rain of uh, salt and sulfur uh, and uh, brimstone, whatever you want to call it. And consider then... What was the end of the guilty? So here is the uh, basically the, the buzzword, guilty. So it is considered to be sin, and it is a guilt, and must be purified for. So this is why I was saying that in Islam, it is really not looked upon favorably. And I would like uh, at least to make it clear that uh, I hear this rhetoric all the time, that Christianity is awful that the Bible is really uh, uh, vicious in describing punishments in Old Testament for such behavior, but we tend to forget that Jesus uh, came and offered us grace, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for our sins, that we have a free will now, we have a choice to accept Him, and uh, there is no, uh, basically, punishment in the Bible today instituted for such a behavior, other than the fact that God will deal with these things. It's not for us to judge Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament, basically, commandments, and came to complete it. Uh, therefore, uh, we are saved in Christ, and uh, we ought to love everybody, uh, homosexual or not. They are all created in the image of God. This is the biblical principle, and we ought to love everyone. We ought to treat everyone uh, in a human uh, uh, fashion. Uh, we ought not to judge anyone, no matter what. Only God 
have that uh, authority and ability to do so. Now, what does also the Prophet of Islam teach related to this particular act? See, in the Quran, at least, it gives us a story about people that were destroyed, but what about the act itself? Here we come across the Hadith collection over the saying of the Prophet or his own traditions, and one of those is found in so-called Sunan al-Tirmidhi, or the collection of Tirmidhi, around the 9th century, late 9th century. One of those traditions said this, the Prophet says, If you find anyone doing as Lot's people did, in reference to homosexuality, kill the one who does it and the one to whom it is done. So it's very clear that the Prophet didn't teach mercy or grace towards this, or even repentance. If the person is caught, then the death penalty is the punishment, and this is why um, uh, some of the Sharia law uh, implement this. Uh, I want us to uh, listen to the opinion of one of the Islamic scholars, at least, and see uh, how he interpreted uh, the uh, act of homosexuality according to the teaching of Islam. We'll listen to a couple of minutes of this particular clip. Uh, clip number six. The main doubt on um, homosexuality, uh, like, is it prohibited in Islam? And uh, why so? Because, uh, like, I had, uh, like, from the past five years, I've been with so many homosexuals. It's like, uh, I mean, their feelings that they have for the for the same sex or whatever it is, it's so true. I mean, it's like the same kind of pain what we might feel for for maybe our husbands or whoever it is. If it's wrong, why is it wrong? Sister asked the question that what does Islam say about homosexuality and if it's wrong, why it is wrong? Allah says in the Quran in Surah Isra, chapter number 17, verse number 32, that come not close to adultery, for adultery is an evil opening other roads to evil. Besides that, Allah says in Surah Araf, chapter number 7, that telling to men that do you practice your lust after men in preference to women? That means homosexuality is prohibited in Islam, in the Quran, because Almighty God made the human beings. Allah says in the Quran in Surah Rum, chapter number 30, verse number 21, that He has put love between the hearts of husband and wife. Almighty God has made the human beings in such a way that they love the opposite sex. Generally, naturally, no human being loves the same sex. I'm talking about the love which is required in husband and wife, not the plutonic love which you have between your brothers and between your sisters. Now, initially, there was a research which said that homosexuality is genetic. So, during question answer time, somebody asked me, the way you're asking, if homosexuality is genetic, then how is that human being to blame? It came from his parents, so why is he to blame? Like you're saying, if someone loves someone else, so why should he be blamed? I said this is a research. This is a hypothesis. It's not a fact. And later on we came to know that this hypothesis was wrong and the person who propounded this hypothesis, he himself was a homosexual. So homosexuality is not genetic. 
So, um, and we will listen to this clip uh, um, in the future as well uh, when we continue this topic. But as you can uh, see that this is one of the prominent Islamic scholars. His name is Zakir Nayak. You can always Google him uh, on YouTube also. Uh, you'll come across this video and others. I mean, uh, basically, he is speaking uh, to this topic. Very clear that uh, he doesn't think this is something that is genetic. He doesn't think people are born this way. He doesn't think it's a natural thing to do. And he's not using his opinion. He's just basing it on the Quran and uh, giving examples uh, from the Quran about uh, God's intent for mankind. Now, I want to also uh, help you listen to another uh, quick clip here that's about uh, a minute, maybe two, uh, related to what does Islam teach about the punishment. And this is a Shia clerk representing the Iranian view clip. Number seven. Death is the sentence. I mean, look, there's nothing to be embarrassed about this. That death is the sentence. Here's a story you won't see anywhere else. A Muslim scholar says killing homosexuals is the compassionate thing to do. And he's just hours away from speaking at an Islamic center right here in Central Florida. Channel 9's Field Sutton's been trying to find out why the group invited him to Sanford. Off camera, one of the people who is a member here told me that Sheikh Farouk Saskalishvar's speech last night on women's issues was well-received and not particularly controversial. But we already know that many people in the Sanford area and around Central Florida are upset about what is coming tonight. Yeah, I'll ask him. Seminole County resident Alan Kornman told Eyewitness News he couldn't believe what a simple Google search turned up about the man speaking at this Islamic center tonight. It's appalling. In fact, it's inciting violence against gays, and I find that reprehensible. Dr. Farouk Sekalashvar lives in Iran, according to his online bio, and he's been condemning homosexuals since at least 2013. Death is the sentence. I mean, look, there's nothing to be embarrassed about this. Death is the sentence. He admits the Islamic death sentence applies in limited circumstances and is not applicable under U.S. law. But he also says the only way gays and lesbians can be forgiven is to die. Well, we have to have that compassion for people. With homosexuals, it's the same. Out of compassion, let's get rid of him now. I asked Reverend Brian Fulwider of the Interfaith Council of Central Florida what he thinks about Sakalashvar's rhetoric. These issues around homosexuality um, and, and the, the crying of it or denouncing of it by religion takes away often from our really important tasks of helping our community. He told me he wishes the congregations would focus on helping the poor, the homeless, and the abused instead of persecuting a group that can take care of well, I think these two clips, obviously, uh, and uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Let Us Reason, um, a Christian Muslim Dialect, and I'm your host, Al Fadi, and uh, it is uh, Faith Doc uh, 1360 KPXQ. And the topic we're discussing is the view of Islam on homosexuality in light of what happened just last week at the Orlando nightclub, uh, the gay club basically called The Pulse, and how one, uh, a Muslim, a uh, terrorist by the name Omar Mateen, pledged an allegiance to ISIS, uh, made reference to the Boston bombing uh, brothers. At the same time, uh, he committed this act. 
And uh, we uh, listen to these two clips, and it's obvious that Islam views the behavior and act of homosexuality as a sin. But I'm going to close, as uh, since we're getting closer to the end of this particular uh, episode today, and we will continue this, uh, as I said, uh, uh, in the near future, maybe within a week or so. Um, I want us to um, look at the biblical view and sin in general. For instance, in Romans 3.23, the Bible teaches that we are all sinners. This is what it says. For everyone has sinned and fell short of the glory of God, the standards of God. Okay? Uh, Isaiah 64, 6 uh, uh, talks about sin uh, as basically something, uh, Isaiah in general talks about sin, that's something that separates us from God. And 64, 6 talks about our righteous deeds are nothing but filthy rags. So uh, people cannot really claim that uh, their good deeds going to save them. And also that we ought to confess our sin. You know, Proverbs 28, 13, people who conceal their sin will not prosper, right? And But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy from God. But the ultimate thing is that we ought to confess our sin, and we ought to believe that if we do so, that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness or unrighteousness, as 1 John 1, 7 to 9 uh, teaches. The point is this, we have grace, we're living in the age of grace, and God is giving us the opportunity we have the free will to decide, but we have the opportunity also to deal with our own sin. Therefore, what I'm trying to say is you won't find anything in the New Testament teachings about killing anyone, uh, for that matter. In fact, Jesus, in the story of the adulterous woman, he actually says, He of you uh, uh, who wants to cast the first stone, let him do so, basically. And uh, they, they did not, uh, because they knew that they're all sinners and uh, how can they judge a sinner if they themselves are sinners themselves? So we need the grace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ uh, to be able to um, uh, reach the heavens and uh, attain this righteousness uh, that is only uh, uh, through Christ himself. So uh, this is the contrast that I'm trying to show you between Islamic punishment and between the grace given to us in the Bible. And... Uh, Sin, of course, comes in different ways and fashions. Um, I'm not here to pick on one sin over the other. I'm not here like uh, Islam teaches that there is a great sin and a minor sin and a major sin and none of that. Sin is sin. No matter how you classify it, at the end of the day, when it comes to sin, only God is able to cleanse us. But here in the Bible, we see that God is offering us, extending his hand, asking us to come to him and asking us to confess to him and asking us to deal directly with him. I don't uh, see any threats here. Verses in Islam talks about death, talks about people being punished, and so on and so forth. So this is the ultimate comparison that we ought to really focus on, uh, basically, when we deal with this particular sensitive topic, especially the topic of homosexuality. And I know there's so many views out there, but nevertheless, I want to keep it biblical. That's all that matters to me at the end of the day. And we're definitely, um, you know, someone uh, had to be clear. Our heart breaks about what happened last week. We're dealing with people who are created in the image of God. And uh, no one has the right to judge others. And uh, uh, Islamic or non-Islamic, um, you cannot really uh, carry on attacks like this. But there is something to be said between the correlation uh, related to 
Islam and its teachings and how it fuels someone like Omar Mateen to find that this is the ultimate way for him to cleanse, probably uh, if he himself was a homosexual, or at least carry on the ultimate judgment against a group of people to prove his allegiance to the caliphate and therefore earn her way as a martyr all the way to heaven. So uh, only God knows. Uh, Once again, if you're tuning in, you're listening to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with Al-Fadi. I'm your host, Al-Fadi. And as always, um, you can contact me directly by emailing me at Sira Ministries, C-I-R-A, Ministries, plural, Ministries at gmail.com. And pretty soon, my website will be up and running. Uh, I am the founder uh, of uh, a ministry called Sira International, and we will have more news about that. And you can also follow our radio show on uh, SoundCloud and uh, search for Let Us Reason. Until we meet again next week, have yourself a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.